I think if I'm giving any piece of advice to young entrepreneurs, I would I would tell them to make sure their excitement and passion outweighs the amount of they're going to have to go through because it's not easy getting something up off the ground at all. And it doesn't get very easy depending on what level you're at. It, it just gets kind of different. As long as you're really excited about something and you feel fulfilled by it, and that's going to outweigh the, the struggles that you have to overcome through it, I think you're going to be good. Welcome back or welcome to the Business in Board Shorts podcast, the only podcast dedicated to coastal entrepreneurs and business owners. In today's episode, I talk with Richie Burke. He's the founder and CEO of GGMM, Go Get It Marketing and Media. He's based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and his agency helps brands including Trek Bicycle, Colliers International, and Marquette University, just to name a few. Let's dive into this week's conversation. Hey, Richie, how's it going? Thanks for joining me. Good to see you, CT. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. So tell listeners where you're located. Right, right here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And have you lived in Milwaukee your whole life? I grew up in Madison, so I haven't made it too far. I've made it about 90, 90 miles away. <laughs> <laughs> and what would you say the vibe is like in Milwaukee entrepreneurship scene? Right now, it's a little difficult when it's zero degrees out during a pandemic. But pre, pre-COVID, the entrepreneurial scene has grown a lot here. A lot, of, a lot of events. There's the Milwaukee Tech Hub, Startup Milwaukee, Women's Entrepreneurship Week. A lot of organizations have, have sprouted up, even um, Young Enterprise Society. They do a ton in the community for minority entrepreneurship. And like, there's, there's great different pockets. Um, and it's 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 all I've known, so I don't have much to benchmark it off of. I went to college here and hung around after, but there's been a lot of growth and in in momentum in the last 10 years and a, a community that really lags in startup activity in a state that really lacks in startup activity. Milwaukee is typically in the bottom of the ranks for major metropolitan areas and startup activity in Wisconsin is near the bottom in states, but I do... Being on the ground here, I definitely see that move in a positive direction. And I I've, I think it's a good place to start a business. At least that's been my experience. You look at bigger cities and I think this market lags behind, but it is much easier to stand out here. And there are a lot of large organizations that are headquartered here, as well as a lot of small to mid-sized businesses to work with. Did you know when you were going to college that you wanted to start your own business? No, I had no idea. I... I didn't know what I wanted to do growing up. I wanted to be a pro golfer and played one year of college and then the wheels fell off pretty bad. <laughs> and um, th- Those dreams fell away. And then I-, I didn't know really know what I wanted to do and um, drank quite a bit and had a good time in college and-, and got by and, you know, had some jobs, but didn't, didn't know I wanted to start a business. The year before I graduated, I took this door to door sales job selling discounted brewer tickets door to door for this somewhat shady third party company called Smart Circle on straight commission. And that that was way out of my comfort zone. It was nerve wracking the thought of going into a store and selling something to someone you've never met who's on the clock working and having to interrupt their day and do that. But I got kind of good at that. And I actually liked running around all day and trying to hit those numbers and ended up making pretty good money for someone in college opposed to my friends who had internships and 
that in a way opened my eyes to entrepreneurship. And then when I graduated, I wanted to try and do something big and didn't, didn't really want to go work at my family's company. I wanted to prove myself in a way which isn't the healthiest form of motivation, but it drove me quite a bit at the beginning and try and do something big on my own and started GGMM as gogetit.com. We're a marketing agency right now, but we were a daily deal platform in 2011. Started that by going door to door. And in the first year, I grew it to, we had 15,000 users and over 100 clients, but it wasn't making money. It wasn't profitable, which is an issue. And it was it was great execution on a really business model, very saturated market. This was during the Groupon living social craze, low barrier to entry, very high volume, low margin. But we started running social media pages for some of our clients and shooting videos. This is back in 2012 when social media marketing was very new and got a good response and then pivoted into an agency in 2013, which was a show at the beginning. I had no idea what I was doing, but it's kind of grown to grown to where we are now. Let's, let's go back to when you were first doing the door-to-door sales. So what do you think, what, what, what made you feel comfortable and like, what do you think you have learned, you learned the most from that? talking to people, getting out of my comfort zone. I I was very nervous. I don't know if it might've been some social anxiety and a lot of people have that. That's very common. If you told anyone, Hey, here's some, some ticket packages you need to, you're going to a strip mall and wherever Wisconsin, and you need to run around and knock on a hundred businesses a day and sell these. That's kind of a nerve wracking experience for a lot of people. And it was for me at first. And then that's really the only way you get better if you have anxiety around any situation, which I do in some other areas of my life. The only way you can rewire your brain is to actually go in and do things and get more comfortable and get some positive wins and some small wins and some momentum. And you realize, hey, I just got shot down, but it wasn't that scary. I didn't get kicked out of out of there. The person was really nice. They didn't yell at me or anything, even if even if I didn't sell something. And then you actually start making some sales and you get some momentum and you just you get good. So I think I it helped get over my fear, push me way out of my comfort zone. And then obviously learning sales skills is extremely valuable if you're going into entrepreneurship, if you're going into sales, if you're going into marketing, really in any area of your life, you need to be able to sell, whether you're selling a product or selling an idea or or selling yourself. So I learned a lot in those few months. And then how did you transition from doing the deal service that you talked about to the creative agency? Saw an opportunity in 2012. A lot of these small businesses we were working with, I realized they had no idea how to market themselves and were not good at it, even though they had customers who loved their places. And I offered, it was Oscar's pub and grill here in Milwaukee over by Potawatomi and Miller Park. I I offered to run Oscar's Facebook and Twitter page for free back in 2012 and did it for a month and got a really good response. And he started paying us and then some other restaurant clients, uh, Mulgan's Irish pub and some others started signing us on and we were getting paid 500 ish a month to run social media accounts and shoot some videos for clients and stuff like that. And you know, it was it was a it was a product offering and it provided value at that point in time. And we saw an opportunity, and it was bringing in more money than selling deals for ten dollars, and then giving six of that to the retailer and taking four dollars for each of those is 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 tough. You need to have so much volume to be making money doing that. 
So did you really just fall into that restaurant space because it was easy to sell from the um, from the social media side? They just weren't doing anything or getting anything from yeah, it? Yeah, in a, in a way, I think just because we were working with a lot of them on deals, it was restaurants, fitness centers, just those true small business clients. Um, so that was a natural transition back in 2012. Right now, we work with a lot of global companies and mid-sized businesses. It's hard for us to work with companies that small at this point. But yeah, at that point in time, it was it was a natural transition we fell into. As you've grown it, have you niched down at all? Or have you tried several niches? Everybody talks about the riches are in the niches. Kind of what's been your experience in that way? Yeah, and we, we've you and I have had this conversation before, especially in business in general, but in, in marketing agencies, which is the world that I'm in. There's so many agencies nationally there's there's so many in milwaukee and a lot of them just look the same everyone's trying to do everything for every kind of business and you fall into that trap of looking the exact same hey we do branding we do design we do video we do media buying it's just the same thing so if i were to start from and and at the beginning you need to take on work you need to get work and you need to find out what you're really good at and then then i think it's smart to niche down so sometimes it's tough to do right off the bat when you're starting from zero and you need dollars in the door to keep things rolling for us we pivoted into an agency in 2013 in 2016 i launched the go getters podcast very naively and this was new to the milwaukee marketplace at the time just having a podcast interviewing business leaders and telling their stories and stuff like that i saw some of those on a national level and said, Hey, I could, I could be the local podcast guy and it'll be a great way to network. And it'll get me a lot of brand exposure. Cause I'll have these influential people on and they'll share the content and it'll be good exposure for my small business. So we started that podcast just with a $40 Amazon recorder and a wide open room and the audio quality was complete, but we were recording Facebook videos and those were getting thousands and thousands of views. This was back in 2016 when Facebook reach was super high. And the show took off to an extent. And I saw what it did for our small business. And I was like, everyone's listening to audio. Everyone's watching social media content. Why aren't any brands podcasting? So in 2018, we pivoted and started offering podcast production and marketing as a service, which I thought was going to blow up right away. And it took six months for us to get our first customer but it's opened up the doors and it's enabled us to work with global companies like Johnson Controls and Komatsu and Trek and institutions like Marquette and MSOE and, and stuff like that. Um, and at least we stand out, even though podcasting only accounts for about 30% of our revenue, it's 90% of what we're known for. And it's opened up a lot of doors for us that way. So if anyone's starting out, yeah, I would start as narrow as you can while you're still bringing in money, obviously. And it might take you a little while to figure out what you're really good at if you're like me and you're a young, naive entrepreneur and you you don't really fully know what you have to offer the marketplace yet. You're kind of figuring it out, which if you're in your early mid-20s and you're starting out or younger than that, that might be what it is. That's the way it was with me. But yeah, owning a certain product or a certain industry is going to help significantly. There's two things I love, catching rays and catching new business. But getting tan is a lot easier than getting your business found online. If you're struggling to get new customers from your website, let my decade of experience work for you. 
surf on over to callmect.com and fill out a quick form. I'll be sure to answer as soon as I get back from the beach. What I love listening to your story is how you've pivoted and evolved, because to me, it, it just shows the flexibility and be able to be agile that we have, that businesses have, businesses have in 2020, 2021 and beyond. Listen to the market and figure out what the what's the need there and to be able to create a service around it. I mean, I would assume that when you started that podcast, this podcast service that you provide, it wasn't even, you know, a thought in your head. It was the furthest, furthest thing from your mind, I bet. Yeah, I, I had no idea when I started the show in 2016. I thought it would be, selfishly, I thought it would be good brand exposure for me in a crack sales and networking tool, which it has been. You and I have talked about this off air where it's really easy to invite people on a podcast. And if you're in services business and you have specific targets you want to go after, you can really position yourself as a thought leader. And even if you're not, show's not getting a ton of downloads, you can have these influential people on and at least they know who you are now and you've added a bunch of value and it's a good way to build a relationship with them. So those were some of the reasons why I started the podcast and I just enjoy doing it. I think that's important too. If you're doing something strictly for those reasons and you're not enjoying it, what's what's the point? You're probably going to burn out at some point. We've done around 150 episodes. I did not envision that we would be producing shows for other companies at that point in time. That was not the plan. And we, again, we saw what doing a very mediocre job of it did for our business, which had a very positive effect, even though we didn't know what the f we were doing for a long time. And it was like, if you're a brand and you have a big following, you should be doing this. This, If this is what it did for our small business, you should be doing this. So we started offering it as a service. And I wouldn't say it's it's blown up, but it's got us a lot of attention and it's helped grow our business significantly. And it's got us into a lot of big brands, which has been great. Where do you see your current podcast and then the podcast services going two to three years from now? It'll be interesting. I'm always hesitant to answer this question as a marketing agency because things change so fast. Even with COVID, over the last year, we've we've gotten much better at digital advertising and running a lot of campaigns because that's been a demand of our clients in a way that we can add a lot of value and differentiate ourselves. And that's been a more important service, whereas a lot of companies weren't starting a new podcast during a pandemic when they're scrambling on so many levels, that's not going to be the highest priority level um, this past year. So where where is the company going to be in three years? We have certain growth goals, how our services look. I'm sure they'll be different right now. That's almost the only thing that I'll be sure of is that we we tend to move fast and pivot and adapt. And we're always looking at our clients and how we can add the most value to them. And if it's Facebook ads in 2024, if those are still adding a lot of value or LinkedIn advertising or podcasting, we'll be doing a really good job of that. If some other platform emerges and comes along and that's the smartest thing for our clients to be doing and investing their time and resources into, we're probably going to be offering that service and make sure that we're good at that. Um, I'm not married to any platform. I don't think pod podcasting isn't going anywhere. You look at the the trends and the, and the growth of it and the fact that it's not hockey stick growth, but it's just been really steady growth as far as listeners and, and, and shows and people who are familiar with podcasting 
it's just steadily growing. And it's still in its infancy. There's only 1.75 million podcasts out there and there's 400 to 600 million active blogs and there's 30 million YouTube channels and 60 million Facebook business pages. Like, I think a lot more companies will start doing it now that haven't been and it's really smart and it's a really intimate way to communicate with your audience and to hold their attention in a day and age, which is really difficult to do so. So a two-part question from the podcast side and then just from like a general marketing, what do you enjoy most in those two areas? It's kind of nice. I get a blend. I, I enjoy the podcasting. I think, I think people intend to enjoy what they're good at. Um, I'm not like an audio nerd or junkie. Like I've never edited a podcast before. I'm not, I'm not on the technical end. I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy creating content. I enjoy putting it out. I enjoy helping brands market themselves. So that stuff's all, all fun to me. I enjoy doing that on the marketing end. Like I, I like going in and helping companies clarify their messaging and the creative and what the landing pages should look like and those who we should be targeting. And these are the avenues we should do that. And these are the metrics we're going for on the campaign. I enjoy helping with that stuff too. I don't get super granular. There's people on my team who, who execute all that stuff and are much better at that than I am, but it never, it never gets boring. There's always, there's always something new and, you know, there's a lot of responsibility that we have an impact. We have clients are paying us a good amount of money to deliver for them. So yeah, we take what we do seriously and yeah, try try and deliver at as high of a level as possible. I'm with you. Yeah, every day is different. I've always enjoyed that from my time at my dad's agency and then on my own, no two days are ever the same. Right. What would you say is the best business advice you've ever received? I think if I'm giving any piece of advice to young entrepreneurs, I would I would tell them to make sure their excitement and passion outweighs the amount of they're going to have to go through because it's not easy getting something up off the ground at all. And it doesn't get very easy depending on what level you're at. It, it just gets kind of different. So as long as you're really excited about something and you feel fulfilled by it, and that's going to outweigh the, the struggles that you have to overcome through it, I think you're going to be good. What's the best life advice? our lives and who we are, are a direct reflection of our daily habits. There's so much we do on autopilot that makes such a big difference over time that that's what I'm really high on is people's habits are going to make or break them, who they're surrounding themselves with, what their environment looks like, the way they think, you know, it's just so important to have those routines in daily habits. I think that's, that's the most important thing. You know, you can't control everything that happens to you. No one can control the pandemic, but we can control how we respond to it and everything that we're doing on a daily basis. So that's what that's what I'm focused on. I think that's my piece of advice. And a good good books are Darren Hardy's Compound Effect and James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. I would I would read those. I'll get you out on this. Would you rather go 30 days without your phone or a lifetime without dessert? I'm a lifetime without dessert. I don't eat dessert. <laughs> that's part. That's part of my habits. I, t- I tend to eat clean and stay away from uh, from desserts. I don't think I have your metabolism, but um, yeah, thirty days without my phone would probably be a good idea at some point, though. 
I could do a better job at that. We're so addicted to those devices and it's, it's not good for us. It's good to unplug. At least I'd recommend to people just putting it on airplane mode or not going on social media on the weekends or on Saturday, if you can afford not to checking your email. One thing I have been doing recently is no social media or email after 8 PM. I've, I've been sleeping a lot better. And to have a good morning routine, you have to have a good evening routine. Like you need to get good sleep or it's hard to wake up at 5 a.m. and start getting after it really, really hard. Um, and a lot of people, they're just scrolling Instagram or scrolling TikTok or checking their email while they're in bed before they go to bed and they wonder why they can't get good sleep. It's like, no, shit. <laughs> you know, it would be hard to go a month without it. I don't think my business would do that great if I decided to do that at this point in time. But no social media and email after eight. I think almost anyone could do that. And I highly recommend it. I'm writing that down. I think I'm going to have to try that. I appreciate it. Thanks for jumping on. Yeah, it was great seeing you. Glad you're doing well. We'll talk soon. You're still here? Well, while I have you, if you found today's episode valuable or useful, I would love if you could head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. It really helps to expand the reach of the podcast. And if not, then just forget the last 10 seconds. Thanks. Talk to you next week.